If you could double the traffic coming to your website each month, would that help grow your business? I'd bet yes. James Shear from Codeless.io is on the podcast today dropping gems on how you can optimize your blog content to double and maybe even triple the traffic you have coming in. Let's dive in. What's up, James? Pumped to have you here, man. So let's don't waste any time. Jump right into it. What is the number one mistake you see most content teams making as we head in deep into 2022? Interestingly, it's we're still kind of stuck in this place where we think that every single article needs to be amazing, like as soon as you publish it. That there's this the skyscraper kind of strategy that we used to implement years ago, or like the 10x, like everything you write has to be 10 times better than everything that's ranking. That kind of headspace is like we're stuck there. And what I'm seeing more and more is that the fact of the matter is, is that a far kind of better content strategy for maximizing your budget is to create a high volume of content early on within kind of your business's kind of publication and growth time period, and then keep a really close eye on where it is, how it's ranking, how it's performing, and then dive in like in three to four, five months, six months, and optimize the low hanging fruit that you published six months ago. Optimization is a massively important part of content planning and content strategy right now, and I'm not seeing people taking advantage of it. When you kind of put out this higher volume uh, number of articles or, or pieces of content early on, what does that typically look like? I know it's going to vary depending on certain situations, but like what to you is like, uh, you know, higher volume, not going with that skyscraper approach where you're spending like a month writing a single article. Like what's a a normal amount using the strategy to kind of put out early on in those first few months? I would say if you can do like 60 to 20 pieces of content in any given month, that's a good, that's a good volume of publication for most SMBs and even mid-sized businesses. That fits nicely into a few different categories as well. Yeah. Does that strategy, does it apply to really anything from a SaaS company to a local lawn care company? Does this strategy kind of apply to the same? It's interesting, right? Because like, you know, you should be publishing as many, as much content as there are really good opportunities for ranking for like, you know, search volume. So if you're at a lawn care company and you, I, mean, I haven't looked into it, but let's say that there are like a hundred opportunities like keywords that are distinct, that have, you know, intent behind them or whatever, you should create a hundred pieces of content in your first year of publication. If not, then don't, because there's no point in creating content that doesn't, it isn't going to drive leads and sales. So the answer to your question is that it's going to vary massively by every industry, but there are very few, working for a content agency, very few of our clients come on that I'm not able to find a hundred, 200, 200 like really legitimate keywords that I feel good about recommending to them. For sure. And then, so when you say 60 to 100 pieces of content a month, a small business owner listening right now might be like, oh shit, like who the hell is going to write all that? I'm saying 16 to 20 pieces of content per month. 16 so, to 20. Okay. 16 to 20. So let, like, yeah, let's yeah. say, um, l- let's say that still scares someone. Yeah, uh, totally. So I can ask this question. Yeah. Uh, how does one go about building a little team or a little army, assuming that they don't have the technical expertise or the desire to write this type of content. So that's stepping back to the initial, my initial kind of like assertion is why optimization is so key. Because if you don't have to invest, as you said, a month or like even a week into every single article, then you can, it's, it's easier to kind of 
palette that amount of content. Um, but let's step back again. So when we create high volumes of content, we create around 400 pieces of content, long form 2000 word articles every single month. And we do it by relying on software really, really intensely from project management or content management perspective. We use a project management tool called ClickUp, though, money.com, PipeFee, whatever, they're all great. You want to use freelancers alongside internal editors, ideally. Um, you want to create a really comprehensive and like concrete set of checklists that your writers and editors adhere to in order to create a standard of high quality content without you having to like project, without you having to like micromanage every single word. So you use outline templates so that the freelancers or your writers know kind of how you want your content to be structured. You do an outline review with your editor kind of like checking on that content to make sure they're going to go in the right direction rather than having to like ask for a full rewrite that saves you time and them time and also keeps them working with you because they don't hate you. And then you have, yeah, you, you have those writing checklists that make sure that the stats you cite are no older than two years old. Make sure that you're using bullet points, bullet, uh, bolded text. Make sure that your headers are actionable. Make sure that you're using H2s and H3s for SEO. Uh, make sure you're submitting your meta titles and better descriptions along with your article. Submit it within Google Docs so that we can easily edit it and comment on it and, and send it back to you for revision. And then we use tools like, you know, Phrase, ClearScopes, SEO Surfer, those like SEO analysis tools which allow, and really, if you, if you kind of put the onus on the writer, then they're going to be able to drop in their long-form content into those tools, check it against the reckon competition, and make sure that they are, that what they've put together is better than, from an SEO perspective, better than what the kind of SERP, the top reckon content has in their content or in their articles. And then they submit and you hit publish and you feel good about that standard of quality and that standard of content. But then again, you're keeping a really close eye on, on that, that article's performance. So you were able to like streamline the, the production process, which is amazing. But you want to make sure that you are identifying when that URL is ranking like second page Google. So you can go in and before it gets traffic, because realistically, we're not talking about traffic on the second page of Google right now, period. Before it gets traffic, go in and not just optimize it so that it goes from a non-traffic position like 11th to 20th not just optimizing it to go to fifth, sixth, whatever, but also optimizing it to make sure that it's most it's as up-to-date as it can be. It mentions your product and your service, exactly how you want it to be mentioned. Um, all the stats are you know, recent. Um, the custom images are beautiful or the graphics are beautiful. You know, Just really clean it up and tidy it from a subject matter coverage perspective as well as SEO. And then it'll bump up to seventh position, sixth position, fifth, and suddenly it gets traffic and you've only done that high investment component on those URLs that were opportunities that were like just off. I call them 11s. The idea being that with a little bit of love, you go from 11th to 10th and suddenly you're, yeah. you, you're getting traffic. So in addition to cleaning it up, you know, like you said, making sure that everything's relevant, up to date, references the company as you desire, et cetera. Are you typically adding a substantial more substance to the article as well? Yeah, you can do. I would say, in general, we're publishing between 1,500 and 2,500 words of words anyway. And I don't want content to go any longer than that, really, period. Google doesn't sense the page experience algorithm update. Google's not rewarding massively long, comprehensively insane content. So don't go over 2,500, really, even on your like most investment content pillar pieces. But if you were like a little bit skimpy, and legitimately so, in the, the first iteration of that URL, yeah, flesh it out, add, you know, another section, more examples, more takeaways, uh, some more quotes or whatever, but don't do it 
without purpose. I mean, never add content without purpose is ultimately that's just a best practice. So you mentioned adding things like quotes, images, media, stuff like that. Is there, uh, do you think there's any addition that, so I think about like renovating a house, right? Like there's certain things you can do when you renovate a house that provide more value than others. Like when it comes to like optimizing and renovating an article, is there like any things that like give you more leverage and are more worth the time to do than others you think? I mean, it's always worth testing video. So we have been implementing this optimization process that I'm talking about for a lot of our clients in the past two years. And uh, kind of a, an anecdote or a case study that we did was that we identified 22 URLs from one of our clients, URLs that were ranking 11th to 30th position for high volume, 250 plus search volume key phrases. And we added synopsis introductory videos. It was like, hey, my name's James. This article is going to dive into the ins and outs of applying for a student loan in 2022. Here are some takeaways that we need to hit. Um, for the full complete guide, check out below. We added those about 30 to 45 seconds of, of video content, added those to the top of the pieces. And the average ranking increase was 122. So if they were in 10th, they went to fifth or fourth. So 122% ranking increase across all 22 URLs. So some more, some worse. But that's pretty significant, right? So I would say video editions are always worth testing. Though again, a lot of investment. <laughs> yeah, a little like technical question. Are you hosting those on like YouTube or something like uh, Wistia or Vimeo? They're on Wistia. Though we do cuts and I do recommend people do YouTube cuts because there is significant, there can be search volume. It doesn't necessarily like, you know, cross exactly. So Google search volume and YouTube search volumes aren't. Something that works on Google isn't necessarily going to have high volume on YouTube. But I would recommend doing an additional cut on YouTube so that it's possible you can, you can receive some of that search traffic. Nice. And taking a, a step back to kind of what we were talking about earlier on the creation side of the content, what do you think about uh, leveraging to help? We're talking about creating more content faster. Some of these tools like Jasper and these other uh, AI tools to help give you a starting place and kind of get that initial like writer's block out of the way. Uh, do you see that being useful to the small business that's looking to scale up content internally? Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I messed around with Jasper a few weeks ago, actually, I jumped on a demo just to, I like to like see how those AI tools are every like six months or so waiting for the one that really gets it. The challenge that I'm seeing is that, okay, answer your question. They're absolutely valuable from an outlining perspective. I love them pulling in inspiration from existing writing content and being able to structure my article for me. However, from an actual writing perspective and are these tools able to create long form full content, they're not there yet. I've only tried a few of them. I don't need to name all the names, but like I'm not seeing it, especially for SaaS. I'm in the SaaS and B2 space by and large. I think that there is room within the fintech or at least the financial and possibly the medical and possibly the B2C consumer space because those are very fact oriented. It's attaching a stock change to another stock change within a financial article. But in the SaaS space, so much of what we do is about injecting personality, you know, novelty, new ideas, unique takes, all of that, which is inherently impossible for an AI to bring to the table. So as yet, I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing a tool that is like clearly doing for that for me enough that I would replace, you know, our, the 75 freelancers that we have. But Definitely, it can help you create the, the outline. Yeah, I get a lot of value from a just getting off the starting block, right? Just like 
all right, I don't know what, to, how the hell to open this up, what to talk about, like how to position it and just like letting it give me some ideas. And I feel like it's, it's brilliant for that. So cool. So someone that has a lot of content out there already, they've been in business, let's say 10 years, over those 10 years, they wrote a, a you know blog article every week. How would they go back in? Like, how do they start to find which ones have potential opportunity for optimization? So you guys get a new client, like what tool or how do you approach just figuring out what articles to look at? Okay, so go into Ahrefs, get, get Ahrefs or SEMrush or Moth, whatever. I use Ahrefs. Go into Ahrefs. Uh, go into site audit, drop in your domain name or their blog subdirectory, go to organic keywords on the left side, version two, as I'm just going to give you the straight walkthrough on how I do this, uh, go into organic keywords on the left side, version two, you're going to see all the ranking positions that you have on your, uh, on your site. Filter by search volume and also filter by position between, let's say, 8th and 30th. So those non-traffic ranking positions for all of your content. Now what you're going to get there is all of the organic keywords that all of your content is ranking for. And a lot of them are going to be ranking for multiple. So take that list, export it into Google Sheets, remove duplicate URLs so that you're only identifying URLs that are ranking between 11th and 30th individual URLs. Well, first sort it by volume and then remove duplicates because you want the clearest opportunity for, for significant traffic. Then drop in the URL with the key phrase that it's ranking between 8th and 30th for. Grab that URL, put it into phrase or clear scope or SEO surfer or market muse within their existing optimization, like existing content optimization tool. Drag the keyword, drag the existing URL, hit run, see how you're scoring for that target key phrase. And if you're under significantly under the target score, then you have work to do. So do that work, add in the semantic key phrases from an SEO perspective, but do they give you tips? Like when you drop it into these tools, are they spitting out like, here's what you might want to look at changing? Yeah. So what they're doing is they're comparing your draft against the top 20 search results for the target key phrase that you've, that you've like said, this is what I want to rank for. And they're pulling here are the other key phrases that your content is missing that you should include. So you go either within the tool or within wherever you're writing, add in the semantic key phrases. You can replace words or you can add in sections that focus on, say, say you're writing an article on project management software and all the ranking competition has some component around time tracking. So you want to make sure you're coming back in and adding a time tracking section to your content in order to like show that you're as comprehensive as the ranking URLs are. Then update also, as we talked about, make sure the stats are all up to date, that your images are beautiful, that you know, meta title, meta description, all the backend stuff is legit. Your images are compressed, so they're not over 250 kilobytes. Finish up that draft, clean it up, tidy it, and then drag it back into your CMS and hit, hit update. Make sure you've noted like the day that it was updated so you can do it before and after. Wait six weeks for it to be indexed and like recrawled. Well, it'll be indexed, but recrawled, and then see if you have had an impact and you should do. I love that. That's, uh, I feel like you might've done that once or twice before. Oh man, I've done it like a hundred times this month. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I appreciate you coming on and sharing these takeaways for us. I feel like we see a lot of clients, I'm sure you do as well, that have just been putting out content for years. And there's probably a lot of opportunity to go back in and do something like this and get a nice bang for their buck on you know work they did three years ago. Uh, with a little, uh, just a small amount of uh, additional investment from a time perspective into that. So I appreciate you breaking this down. That's uh, super helpful for for me from a learning perspective, and I'm sure for the listeners as well. Where can people find out more about you and what you guys do in your company? 
I mean, you can check out the website, codeless.io. You can email me, james at codeless.io. I'm happy to talk about this stuff all day, clearly. I'm on Twitter at JD Shear, J-D-S-C-H-E-R-E-R, or LinkedIn, just search for me. I'm, I'm around. You're around, you're around. Awesome, James. Well, I appreciate you coming on and thanks so much for the value. Cheers, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Hey, before you go, real quick, real quick. Take a screenshot, shoot this over to a friend. That's how we grow the show. You share it, I keep producing awesome content. Deal? Deal. Oh, and and by the way, if you're ready to create your own content funnel, head over to contentfunnels.co and snag a time on my calendar today. 